Hey there, everyone. Welcome to the Move Happy Movement podcast with Erin Nicole. My name is Peter Kim, and I've been a fan of the Move Happy Movement for a very long time. What I love about Erin and the Move Happy Movement is that Erin brings relevant topics with relevant data and research. On this show, Erin interviews a variety of leaders to help you empower you to find your own happiness. Maybe you're the next rock star. Maybe you're the next and up-and-coming brain surgeon. Whatever it is you inspire to do with your life, Move Happy is here to help you bring you out of the dark days and help you keep trained up with the most current and relevant information to provide your for your communities. Make sure you stay tuned to the very end to find out about a very uh, about a VIP private competition. All right, I am super excited, super honored to have Shrava here on the Move Happy Movement podcast and vlog. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. Absolutely. Um, and I, for those that have been listening to the show for a while, always like to share how I connect with people. Um, we really can connect with anybody anywhere if we're open to, um, you know, building relationships. And we actually met on an airplane um, <laughs> when I was moving across the country to Nashville at the time. And you were on your way to a conference. So that's how we met. Mm -hmm. uh, most of my people that I meet are like on social media, but we actually met in person. So that was back in, was that 2018? I think, I think so. 2018, like April. Yeah. So yeah. it's been a minute and we've stayed in touch. We connected on social media to kind of stay in touch and uh, just excited to see your growth and your journey. I was so impressed, you know, that you were presenting at a conference as an undergraduate at that time. And you've since, you know, spread your wings and are on to bigger and better things. So um, with that in mind, you know, those that don't know who you are, don't know your background, Let's talk a little bit about your origin story. What got you to that place before the airplane? <laughs> <laughs> before the airplane. Well, it started probably in high school. I think high school was my first exposure to global health. So the conference, some background, um, was a global health conference at Yale University um, where I got to present my research on a low-cost reusable ostomy bag, which my team and I had been working on for four years up until now. So... Um, it was a really like memorable experience, you know, speaking to clinicians there, getting their feedback um, about our project and seeing where it could go in the future. Mm -hmm. But um, really that interest in global health started when I was in 12th grade, when I took a global health class that was offered through my high school in partnership with a local university. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that was like, you know, my first glimpse into like, what, what is health outside of like, you know, just the US, like what does healthcare look like in other countries and low yeah. resource studies, both here and abroad. Mm -hmm. um, so in that class, actually, we worked on a project where we had to figure out, like, pick one health issue in another country and figure out a way to target it. So I picked tuberculosis in New Delhi because I have family in India. Mm -hmm. uh, like, let's figure out. I mean, TB is such a huge issue, like, particularly because, you know, people don't take their medications on time and you get drug resistant TB and all that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, let's figure out a way to do this. And my intervention was basically coming up with like a mobile app that would notify the users. Now, this is all just an idea. It wasn't implemented in any way, but it was like coming up with that idea and yeah. thinking about like, how can we implement this? How can we get community health workers there who are actually doing this? 
um, all of that, immersing yourself in the community and the culture to gain acceptance. And just thinking about all that was so interesting to me. So I realized that I wanted to actually innovate and I wanted to actually design these interventions rather than just reading about them in the textbook. Mm-hmm. So that was what actually got me into Rice University. And, you know, that I think Rice has a very unique program. I'm part of the Rice 360 Institute for Global Health. And this program is unique because, you know, normally global health programs will just emphasize reading about these issues in the textbook, um, but they don't really think about how to address these. And with the Rice 360 Institute, we're thinking about how can we use innovation or technologies, really low cost things, right? Mm -hmm. Because like a lot of these problems don't take that much money to like design an innovation for. Mm -hmm. Um, So our main goal is just designing something as low cost as possible. So reading about these issues and now being able to target them through innovation has been just such a big dream come true for me. So started this project on a low cost reusable ostomy bag my freshman year at Rice and then worked on it up until my and the end of my senior year. And then I'm now working on it full time um, as a global health and innovation fellow before I jump into medical school. That is so exciting. And I think that's really neat too, that you had your first kind of experience exposure in high school and really set the bar pretty high, you know, as far as like designing an app notifications. Like, I think that's like, that's way above my pay grade. And I just, I love, I love that it's so different, but yet still so related, um, you know, in the medical space, mental health space. Uh, for those that are either in the research space like you are or are interested in getting in the field, um, I'd imagine there's some tough days, some probably long days where you're looking at a screen or you're looking at, you know, your whatever you're researching at the time. Um, what are some strategies you've learned as far as keeping a positive mindset that you'd like to share? Yeah, um, one big thing. So I actually... Um, was able to do research on this low-cost reusable bag, but I also did research in Brazil on another technology, um, mm-hmm. designing a low-cost breast cancer phantom. And I think that one was what taught me like the biggest like thing. I was there for two months and we were constantly researching and innovating. And all of the research we were doing was from our apartment. And then we'd go into the hospital and have the doctor's radiologist check it and be like, does this look like an actual breast phantom? Like, does it mimic the abnormalities? So all of that though wow. taught me that there's no immediate gratification in any sort of research. You mm-hmm. don't get results quickly. You don't get to see like, you know, things that happen like immediately or not like, oh, I know what this is going to, what impact this is going to have on the population. It's a lot of iterate. It's like a huge iterative process. So mm-hmm. I think it's difficult in the sense that you don't see results as quickly as you'd like. But what's nice is for me, the way I stay grounded and motivated through this entire process is connecting with clinicians or connecting with the patients, you know, the patients that we're trying to reach through this product and having conversations with them. Cause you know, when you share your ideas and they they share their struggles and they share, you know, this is a sort of innovation that could have a really profound impact on our lives. Mm-hmm. It kind of shows the light at the end of the tunnel. You're like, wow, this is what I'm working towards. This is yeah. the goal of our project. This is why I'm putting in all these hours of work. And right now they don't seem like, you know, fruitful because I don't feel like I'm making an impact yet, but one day it will. Yeah. And you really bring a great point about talking with those that either would actively participate in it as the patient mm-hmm. uh, and, and getting their feedback, getting their input in it. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's huge. I mean, whether you're in sales, research, any industry, really, it's about the consumer. It's about the patient. It's about your student, you know, whoever is on the other end. Um, and really that does bring hope, right? Because if we're doing what we love, which it sounds like you are, you're really in that space of doing what you're passionate about, 
then that's going to bring ultimately that positivity, that light, that happiness for you, but it also benefits the consumer, the patient, whatnot. So way to go. I think that's phenomenal. Um, You did touch a little bit on kind of community, whether it's, you know, reaching out to the medical practitioners or reaching out to your patients. Um, A huge part of our happiness level is our social health Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd imagine some aspects of the job, like you mentioned, being in your apartment and doing a lot of the research, like solo by yourself, kind of mm-hmm. isolated, uh, maybe a little challenging on your mental health at times. Um, what mm-hmm. are some some tips or some strategies you've learned in building healthy communities, whether in the workplace and the research you're doing or, you know, when you're done at the end of your day? Yeah. Um, So I got a really good piece of advice from one of my mentors while I was interning at a medical device company in Boston Mm -hmm. a couple summers ago. And he said, the best thing to do is just network, like put yourself out there as much as you can, whether that be on LinkedIn or just cold emailing or messaging people. I mean, like, what's the worst thing that could happen? Someone says no, that they don't have like availability to mentor you, but like, that's okay. Like you move on and you try another person, right? Yeah. we don't, we underestimate how many people are genuinely interested in mentoring other people. And I think the only way you'll find out is by putting yourself out there. So my mentor told me to just cold email or message people on LinkedIn that were in paths that I possibly wanted to pursue, or like we're kind of combining engineering and medicine, which is what I want to do in the future. Mm -hmm. So I just started reaching out and I got in touch with so many amazing people that have been like incredible mentors. Like I just chat with them on LinkedIn and they're like, oh, maybe you should try this instead or let's go down this path or like, let's have a conversation over a cup of coffee. It's just amazing how many people care. And I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't just put myself out there. So I think um, networking is huge. Another way, I mean, like, I think this is the, that's the easiest thing to do right now during the pandemic, because you can't mm-hmm. meet people face to face. So mm-hmm. just reach out over LinkedIn or cold email people. But put like pre pandemic, I was able to meet people at conferences and mm-hmm. um, always can, would connect with them on LinkedIn. You yeah. and I are I think we're huge on LinkedIn. <laughs> like, yes. LinkedIn is the place to go. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think finding good mentors is so important. Like, you know, people that believe in you and genuinely want to see you succeed. Um, because they are going to be your biggest supporters on the sidelines. Um, But during the pandemic, I think it's been a little difficult. I, so my fellowship has been entirely remote. So my, the rest of my team is in Houston. I'm in Seattle, 2000 miles away, doing my research from my garage and everything. Yeah. So it's been difficult, but I think the community has been so welcoming that it's been nice to like, you know, we've had a couple of other new team members who've also joined during this time. So, you know, connecting with them, just I've gotten phone numbers, you know, we text back and forth every day. It's just like that you putting yourself out there as much as possible, even though sometimes it'll be a little nerve wracking to be like, you know, making a friend like completely virtually never having seen this person before. But um, yeah, I think, you know, just put yourself out there as much as possible. <laughs> I think uh, I think you said a lot of powerful things. I love the angle of the mentoring thing, too, because I feel like um, when you're complimenting someone by saying, I respect your professional expertise and I would love to learn from you, I feel like people are way more open to building a relationship or at least starting and having that initial conversation mm-hmm. from that level of respect. So I think, you know, good on you for, for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that sounds awesome that you guys are adding a couple new members through mm-hmm. the pandemic and whatnot. It sounds like things are going well and, you know, much success to the completion of the project. Any, any close dates as far as finalizing or... Mm-hmm. 
So since I started this project back in January 2017, it's come a long way. You know, it was an idea on paper and now it's like actually a product that, that I can keep putting in my hands. But um, we've been finishing up. I know it's like so rewarding to see how far it's come, but it's also like I'll be leaving the project. So it's a little sad. Yeah. Um, but handing it off to someone who is more than qualified to take it on to the next level. But um, been doing some usability testing. I think, I don't know when it'll be done. I don't know when it'll be in the market. I think there's just still a lot more testing to do. We have to actually test on ostomy patients because, you know, that is our priority population. We want to yep. make sure it's the best possible for them. Mm-hmm. But um, hopefully in the future, it's it's totally necessary. It's, it, people don't realize how big of an issue it is. Um, so hopefully can get it in the hands of the people that need it most soon. How exciting. Well, definitely keep me posted on that. Um, and then, you know, you, you talked um, a little bit about mindset, community. Those are our first two pillars of Move Happy. Our third one is about movement. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether you're during your work day or outside of your work hours, um, exercise and fitness and movement are super important to our happiness levels. Mm-hmm. Um, with that in mind, what are some of your favorite ways to move your body that uh, maybe don't cost a lot? Yeah, such a good question because you know, pre-pandemic, I'd be able to go to the gym and I had that structure in my routine. But once the pandemic hit, it was so difficult to stay motivated to move or work out. Um, One thing that helped me was just getting fresh air. Like I would, I go for walks probably like two or three times a day with my family. I'm actually back with family right now. So it's been nice to spend time with them. And the way we rejuvenate in between all our Zoom calls and everything, just stepping outside, you know, taking a 10 minute walk, because it's so nice finally in Seattle. So (laughs) we can finally enjoy the sun. But I think going for a walk is the biggest thing, getting some fresh air, you know, whatever works for you. I think it's important to recognize that everyone's going to have a different way of like movement, you know, whether that be like playing outside with your dog, playing Frisbee Mm -hmm. for a little bit, or just sitting on the swing. I think what, figure out what makes you happy. Like Mm -hmm. you were saying, you know, everyone's going to be different, but um, I bought a set of weights early on in the pandemic because I can't just do cardio because I sweat too much. So (laughs) I bought a set of weights and, um, I did a lot of Chloe Ting. If you've heard of Caroline Gervin, she does amazing um, like weightlifting um, exercises on YouTube. Did a lot of those. I think it's nice because there's just so many fitness YouTubers out there that have videos for completely free. Um, so following their workouts has helped me, but the gym's finally open. So I'm going back. <laughs> That's awesome. I love that. Yeah. I definitely have been doing some weight training myself as of mm-hmm. late. So it's super important, especially for women uh, osteoporosis is pretty much inevitable by the time we get probably to our seventies or eighties. So if we can delay that a little bit longer, even mm-hmm. more powerful. Um, exactly. so, you know, you're, you're sharing a lot of good value. You've got a lot of background in the research space, uh, medical space. What are you really excited about right now that you'd like to talk about, or how can we support you? What's going on? Yeah. I highly recommend supporting any organization or group that does work on, you know, innovating for low resource settings or just supporting low resource settings, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, And that doesn't have to be lower middle income countries. It could be low resource settings in the U.S. as well, just because there are a lot of rural areas that are in need of help. So um, I think figuring out how to reach out best to them, supporting the Rice 360 Institute for Global Health. My project Mm -hmm. was fully supported, supported by a donor. Um, so it wouldn't be like my work would not have been possible without them. So supporting projects like ours, um, but kind of unrelated to my situation. Um, I have family in India and the situation in India right now is just horrible because yeah. of COVID and really difficult. So 
if possible, donating to organizations or campaigns that are, you know, being able to like contribute during that, during this difficult time. But um, Give India is a really great place to donate. Giving India, okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll make sure to put the link in the comments when we get this uploaded and whatnot. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, and and I've seen the post as well. And I think I think you're spot on as far as supporting like, this pandemic is affecting all of us, but especially in the low income areas that don't have access to, uh, you know, getting getting these shots, getting these immunizations, uh, whether they are getting them and it's too late or they just don't even have access to them. I think it's really important for us to step up and help out. Uh, so good on you for that. Um, mm -hmm. Last but not least, I always love to close out the show with a random impromptu question. So we talked a lot about medical and research. So when you're not working, when you're not researching, what is your most favorite thing to do? How do you love to spend your time? <laughs> so I got a puppy a couple of months ago, like eight uh, months ago. Uh -huh. My favorite thing is training him or just spending time with him. I do this thing where when he's napping, I go put my head on his like right near his head and I'll be breathing. So he'll like, his hairs will move slightly and he'll get so irritated with me. So he'll get up and he'll sigh like really loudly and he'll move over. It's so funny. I bother him way too much, but he's the love Aww. of my life. Oh, what kind of puppy is he? He's a golden doodle. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> love it. Well, thank you again so much for your time today. This has been amazing. We'd love to follow up with you on your journey. Keep doing what you're doing. You're helping transform the world to a better place. Thank you so much. And so are you. <laughs> thank you. All right. That's a wrap, folks. Thanks so much for listening to the Move Happy Movement podcast. I hope you learned something today. I hope we added value to you. It would mean the world to me if we did, if you wouldn't mind sharing it with a friend or family member and even posting on social media. For those of you that have been sharing and helping us build out this Move Happy brand globally, I am honoring you with a listening room competition once we hit 10,000 downloads of this podcast uh, invitations will be sent out for that first listening room experience where you get to hear original music from myself as well as music from other uh, musicians that I am friends with. Uh, to tag us on social media, if you're on Facebook, Instagram, or TikTok, the little at sign, The Real Move Happy. On Twitter, we are at Move Happy Team. Snapchat at The Move Happy. On LinkedIn, you can tag me, Erin Nicole, CEO and founder of Move Happy. And you can also tag our business page, the little at sign, move-happy. Clubhouse, you can't share recorded links in there, but you can uh, talk to people in different rooms and you can follow me in there at Move Happy Erin, E-R-I-N. And as we add more platforms, we'll definitely keep you in the loop with that. Love you guys so much. Um, I'm actually going to check our website uh, host for the podcast right now and give you an actual time as of Monday morning, 6.01 a.m. One second here. All right. And we are at 2,552. So little ways to go. Really excited about this journey. We don't pay for bots or ads. Um, this is all authentic word of mouth. So you're help, literally helping us spread the word. And my mission is to empower those with depression globally to find their own happiness through mindset, community, fitness, and music. Um, I cannot do this on my own. So I love you all so much. 
Don't forget to tell someone you love them today. See you next week.